Good morning, everyone. Today we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 16. A couple of things to get us to where we are today. In Genesis 12, when God made the promise to Abraham, we learn in verse 4 that he was 75 years old. 75 years old at the time that he began to get the promise that a nation would come from him, and yet he didn't have any children. I don't know exactly how old Abraham was in Genesis 15, um, but he still, in the covenant that God made with him, he still did not have any children. And at that time, he was thinking about using Eliezer of Damascus in his home to help have children in his name. But God said, no, it's going to come from you and, and Sarah, and, and it's not going to come from Eliezer of Damascus. But now they waited longer. Uh, they waited even more. Now, we know that it was not until 100 years old that Abram had Abram and Sarah had Isaac. So 25 years after the promise of Genesis 12, it took to have their firstborn from Sarah's womb. That's a long time to wait. So in chapter 16 of Genesis, we're still waiting. And, you know, I, it's, it's sad what happens in this chapter because <clears throat> verse 1 of chapter 16, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So, man, uh, actually it says here in verse 3, After Abram lived Ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarah took Hagar, the Egyptian. So, yeah, we see it's ten years from when they came back, when they after leaving Egypt. Um, so, quite a while they've had to wait here. Twenty-five years to have a child, but they've now waited. Uh, well. He says he's 86 at the end of this chapter. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So 11 years from the promise of of chapter 12. So, yeah, they decided to take matters into their own hands. And, you know, I wonder if somehow in their minds they thought, well, you know, God's promised us to have this family and we're not having kids, so maybe... Maybe there's another way. Maybe, you know, God wanted it God wanted us to do it this way, which clearly wasn't the way that God had wanted them to go. And I think sometimes that can happen to us where maybe we get tired of waiting on God, so then we just decide that we're gonna, you know, make our own decision, so to speak. And uh I think we have to be careful, obviously to do that, careful to go our own way, to careful to not wait on the direction from the Lord. Um, you know, and God God will, like, you know, Sarah and Abraham still ended up having a child, and they still ended up having Isaac. Um, but there's consequences for not making decisions that honor the Lord. And, um, you know, God will still use you. He doesn't give up on you because you make a bad decision. but 
it, it can change the course of history, so to speak. I, you know, I was trying to think about, well, how did this apply like to my own life? And, you know, now looking back, you know, this church started in 2009. So the church that I pastored, um, it's now 2023. So, um, what we're 14 years into this, probably looking back, I would say, you know what, I really wanted to start a church and I felt led to start a church, but I don't know that I should have started it then. Like perhaps I got ahead of God, not in the ultimate outcome that he wanted me to pastor a church, but perhaps starting it then. And, you know, as a result of that, there was a consequence. I mean, I had a very small church for a very long time, struggled financially. It was very difficult. Now, in the end, you know, I feel like God shaped and molded me through those hard times, and he still He still used it. That's not to justify the decision, but it's to say, you know, God doesn't just give up on you because you make a p- bad decision or maybe do your, you know, get ahead of God or do it your own way, but sometimes it's going to be a lot harder than what it could have been if you would have just, or if I would have just trusted God. So here, Abram and Sarah take matters into their own hands when they shouldn't have. And they ended up having Ishmael through Hagar. And what's very interesting about this is, you know, when Hagar had the child, she probably was concerned that Sarah would be envious or whatever. And they right away did not get along. Jealousy and whatever else was involved and Sarah wanted to get rid of um, Hagar and have her and Ishmael leave. But an angel came to Hagar and said, go back and submit to Sarah, because I think she was probably being difficult. And that's one of the reasons why Sarah wanted to kick her out. But God told her to go back and to honor Sarah and to have this child. And in the end, even though they put matters into their own hands. God said, hey, I'm going to bless Hagar with Ishmael, and I'm going to bless Ishmael. And in fact, a family is going to come with him. It's almost like, I don't know, the blessing that was on Abraham somehow, you know, still translated through to Ishmael. But this is a, a blessing that ends up really becoming a curse. It's very interesting that Listen to what it says uh, about Ishmael. He will be, verse 12, a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. That is so remarkable. Now, the faith of Islam has a lore, has a background where they claim that their lineage comes through Ishmael. The story is is that eventually Ishmael went to Mecca and and that basically the Arab Muslim Islam world came through this family of Ishmael. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live to the east of his brothers. And sure enough, the bulk of the Muslim world lives to the east of Israel. You know, that's where all the countries are, Iraq and 
and well, Iran's a little bit to the north, but Jordan and 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 you know all these riots that are happening right now as a result of uh, Hamas and Israel going to war. You know, most of those uh, riots or people, you know, supporting Palestine are the Muslims that are east of Israel, and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will, and he his hand will be against everyone. Isn't that interesting? Um, it's it's uh, it's 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 quite sad that as a matter of taking things into their own hands, now there's this enemy to God's people. And, you know, I want to say this with all due respect, but if you don't, if you haven't listened to the origins of the Islamic faith, their Bible, their book, okay, it calls for the killing of Jews and Christians. It, it, it is a, it is a, a murderous faith. And sadly, in America, there's like this vision where all faiths are good and everyone, you know, everyone can have their own faith and we act like it's innocent. No, what you have to understand is like as Christians, you know, at the church that I lead, we are fundamental. I mean, we believe in the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Now, you have to have a New Testament understanding of the Bible because things have changed in the New Covenant era that we live in it's not like it was in the old testament now we still read the old testament and learn from it but we have to understand the new testament lens but with that said we are still fundamental we believe in the word of god well the the people that are seeking jihad and want to kill jews and christians they're fundamental they're fundamental islamic followers who believe in their book and the the ones that don't are not fundamental. So what you have to understand, and what I'm trying to, to, to say, is that there is an enemy to the Jews and Christians, and it is this Islamic faith. Their book is a murderous book wanting to destroy Jews and Christians. So, um, you know, there, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You know, you can, you can look it up yourself if you'd like to, to learn more. But isn't it interesting that God knew of this long ago? His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And that's where this all came from, is uh, someone taking the matters into their own hands. So, uh, you know, may God bring peace. And, you know, I just, sometimes I just don't know how to pray about the war taking place right now in the Middle East. Um you know, because the the Bible talks about there being wars and rumors of wars, and you know, in the end times, you know, there's going to be war, and there's going to be Jesus is going to come back, and ultimately he's going to destroy the enemies of of him, and he's going to, you know, gather together uh, the Christians, and then Lord willing, the Jews are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and he's going to gather us all back together again as one. Uh, that's the the hope and the plan of the Bible for the future, but there is going to be an enemy, and there is going to be war. So sometimes, you know, the things happening around us are actually prophetic. I mean, they're they're you know, they're. I don't know that we can expect them to go away. I mean, wouldn't it be great if Hamas and the Jews, for that matter, all turned to Christ and followed? 
you know, new covenant principles and follow Jesus and we could have peace and harmony. And uh, I would love to see that. And, you know, I guess through a miracle, we could pray for that. But yet the Bible doesn't speak to that being what's going to happen. So it, 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 it does, to a certain extent, seem like this is un- inevitable. Um, the war that's taking place um, and, you know, in the Middle East. And uh, I don't know that we should expect it necessarily to just go away and get better. So uh, hold on to your faith. You know, ultimately, in the end, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and God is going to win. And as his believers, we are going to win with him. And um, But until then, you know, um, God, we just pray for what we don't even know how to pray. Uh, you know, give us words, Lord, and may we trust you. Uh, may we follow you and follow your word and follow the guidance of your Holy Spirit in this uh, crazy, wicked world that we live in. We're sorry, Lord, about how many have fallen away from you and are doing what's wrong. And uh, we pray, God, that one by one people would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and that uh, people could repent of their sin and turn to you. But until then, Lord, we just look forward to Uh, your arrival, your coming, and your ultimate victory. May your people stick with you and trust you all the way to the end. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.